Hello, and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 50. On today's episode, I have Colin Hurd from Smart Ag in Ames, Iowa. Colin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Casey. Great. Well, man, I, I was uh, reading an article that I got sent to me by our precision ag specialist here at, at 21st, and the conversation that me and him were having was, I asked him, you know, when are we going to see fully autonomous vehicles? And, and uh, he said, man, we're, we, everything is here now. We have all the technology. We can do all that fun stuff. But we're, you know, just getting everything implemented and, and, you know, the legal stuff and yada, yada, yada. And I'm thinking, man, this is five, ten years away. And lo and behold, he sends me an article the next morning about uh, about Colin's company, Smart Ag. And it is about a tractor that has the ability to completely drive itself and learn as it goes. And basically, the article was revolving around a, a grain cart system that they have. So, you know, Colin, why don't you give me a little background on yourself and your company and and uh, what kind of stuff you guys are working on? You bet. So I started Smart Egg um, actually after um, I had run another company that I started. So um, I had a company that I founded out of college called Agriculture Concepts, and we had developed a product for Centerfield planters, basically to go behind the tires and break up the compaction because as you know, uh, those planters can be quite heavy, um, and the tractor that pulls them is also heavy. So essentially what we were doing is uh, solving this central compaction challenge um, during planting, and um, it was a great product, still is. Uh, we licensed it to Yetter Manufacturing, um, and one of the things that always kind of stuck with me, though, was this concept of uh, truly 100% no compaction in the field. and. Um, to get to that point, what I realized is that we needed to move to maybe smaller equipment and try to not not reduce the capacity of what we're able to to complete in a season, um, but just reduce our our the size of the equipment so it's not as heavy. And um, the reason it, it's very apparent the reason that that doesn't isn't possible today is really because of this labor challenge, right? So you've got a lot of farmers out there that struggle to find enough help, especially during the season. And so if you're going to get everything done, um, you need to have a big, the biggest machine possible, um, you know, for your, for your operation to, to typically get everything done in the short window that they have. So um, taking that to the next step, I was like, well, if autonomous equipment is the answer to unlocking all this extra efficiency, then why hasn't anyone done it yet? You know, what's what's the holdup? It seems like we've had auto steer now for almost, what, 15 years? And um, we still don't have a tractor that can truly drive itself, you know, autonomously. So I did. I started doing a lot of the research, uh, trying to understand the problem better, trying to understand from farmers uh, what, what it is that they would want to automate if they had an autonomous tractor, and then how to actually make that tractor a reality um, and what I found was that I think, like you said, there, there's a lot of existing technology out there that enables this. Um, it just hasn't ever really been put together, um, and no one's taken that step. And so uh, I started Smart Egg uh, in 20, very early 2016 and said, okay, we're going to do this. Um, started putting together um, a lot of prototypes and then had a, a working, fully autonomous tractor in a, on a farm um, a year later. And so it was very crude, but it, you know, kind of proved the concept, hey, we can do this. Right. So that's 
that's kind of the background how I got started. So, are you? Did you grow up on a farm, family farm, that kind of in that kind of environment? Yeah, so I actually uh, grew up working on a farm here in central Iowa. Um, my folks didn't farm, but all through high school, uh, I guess as soon as I could drive a tractor, I was working on a farm and uh, kind of fell in love with ag at that point and, um, you know, decided at an early age that I wanted to be uh, in agriculture. I wanted to be a part of this industry. Um, and so I, I went to Iowa State. Um, I got a degree in business and ag studies and um, kind of what led me into uh, starting my first company. Um, so how, how long did it take from the, you know what, this is a cool concept to, you know what, I think I might buy one of these. <laughs> That's interesting because uh, different farms have different perspectives. And so some of the farms we talk to even still today are like, well, this is just, you know, it's beyond us. It, we're not into this technology. And even though maybe they use some auto steer, um, and then other farms are are basically pulling us to do it faster, you know. So what what the very first farm we started working with uh, right out of the gate, um, and we did our very first prototype with in 2016, um, you know, they they wanted it right then. They you know they're they're ready for it now, and they didn't care uh, if it had a few issues. But um, they said, you know, we it's such a big problem for us that we'll do almost anything to get this solved. And um, so I think across the board, farms are at different levels of it. No one really, you know, denies that labor, they have labor challenges. You know, some are have more labor challenges than others. But I think to the extent that they have a problem, um, you find that they're more or less willing to, to adopt it as soon as it's available. Um, so what we're seeing now is that, you know, the early adopters and the people with the biggest problem uh, in terms of finding skilled help um, during the season, those are the guys that are coming to us now and saying, you know, even though it is an early product, we're we're more than willing to to make an investment in it. And is that what you see most of your customers that you're dealing with? Is that what's driving them to to, to this technology? Is the labor side of it, or is it still some of the cool factor and they're involved with that as well? Well, I think there's there's part of the cool factor, but it it really is the labor the labor factor that really motive. I mean, the cool factor gets people to look at it, check it out, watch a video, and um, but the the labor factor is what makes somebody actually um, purchase it. And um, so it's a it's a real it's a real challenge across a lot of farms. And um, you know, I think a lot of guys too have realized that we maybe are reaching this limit of how big certain equipment and how fast certain equipment can go. Um, and it's, it's a very expensive investment to, to upgrade to a larger machine or put, put the higher speed planting technology on your farm. And so, um, you know, people, especially in this environment are trying to look at what, what might be an alternative um, to doing that. So, so, so one thing about your technology here that, that struck me as, as, a pretty neat feature was this isn't something that you, you it only works with a, a two or three year old piece of equipment. I was reading your article here and, and reading through the through your website here when I was prepping for this. And if I remember correctly, it was uh, back to model year two thousand, right? Is that was that correct that you can put this on the machine? Yeah, basically. Um, so we're we're kind of going through different um, tractor models and makes and. 
series um, and automating them sort of incrementally based on uh, the farms that are coming to us. Um, so the more people with a certain ta tractor type, those are kind of who we're prioritizing. Um, but as, as soon as those tractors have a full CAN bus system on them, it's uh, very simple for us to, to go ahead and uh, build a solution for them. It doesn't mean that we're compatible today for every tractor that was built after 2000. Um, but we anticipate that we we can be within a number of years uh, relatively easily. So I was the article that I was reading was about a uh, tractor that was hooked to a grain cart, and you have a product called Auto Cart, and basically the tractor, you know, basically goes back and forth between the grain trailer and the combine, and and hauls stuff back and forth. So, kind of walk through that, how that works, and what that looks like, and how that you know, how all this stuff works together to, to make the make the system do what it's supposed to. You bet. Yeah, so it's actually a, it, it's a pretty straightforward process, really. So the first thing, uh, you know, if, if you're fun, the first thing you're going to do is make an investment in that tractor that you want to automate. Um, and it's, it's sort of like a plug-and-play system. It costs less than retrofitting uh, your planner in a lot of cases with new row units or something. Um, and so you basically plug in our kit to your tractor and um, add some technology to it. It's, like I said, pretty simple to do. And the next thing you do is put our um, Smart NX box into your combine. And again, that's very simple. It's just uh, a couple bolts, uh, an, an antenna on the roof, and a cable, um, power cable. So, um, once you have that set up, then uh, the tractor and the combine, they can communicate to each other um, using our triple layer connectivity um, system. So they can use either cell phone connectivity if that exists, or they can use a longer range mesh network um, that's up to three miles. And then uh, when they're in close proximity, they'll actually switch to Wi-Fi, uh, longer range Wi-Fi, so that they can, um, at a very high bandwidth, be able to communicate. Um, and you, you do have to have uh, GPS receivers on those machines, um, so we tie into the GPS information coming off of both of them, but you don't have to. For a grain cart, you don't really need RTK. Um, so uh, next thing you do is uh, you put an iPad in the cab of your combine or a tablet, and then uh, you connect to the Wi-Fi, pull up uh, an application, the AutoCart app, and um, select your select the tractor, select the harvest operation you're doing, select the head that you got on the combine, and you select the combine that you're using, and that basically pulls in all the information from those machines and allows you to go into what's called an operation. And in operation mode, um, we're tracking, well, first, first thing it does is it pulls in your field boundaries. So it gives you a, an area of operation, and you can also define inner boundaries. Um, that you want the uh, grain cart tractor to avoid completely or it go through in a, at a restricted speed. Um, and then it also begins tracking the combine's coverage. Uh, so the grain cart tractor can know where there's standing crop and what's open in that field. Um, and then from there, uh, it's a matter of like basically five buttons on that interface. So one button will send it to an unload point in the field um, another button will send it to a staging location where it would kind of just sit and wait for the combine to fill up. Um, and then a third button would call it into sync. Um, and then at that point, it just tracks where the combine is. Um, depending on how 
it's uh, coming at the combine. It'll take a, one of several different approaches to get lined up and under the auger. And then once it's under the auger, it just speed matches the combine. So um, it'll hold itself uh, exactly where you set it. And um, then a couple of other buttons will pop up and you can push it left or right, front and back, so you can load that grain cart. Once you're done, uh, you push the unload button and it goes and automatically finds its way back to the unload point. Um, truck driver jumps in, dumps it off, and off you go. So in your testing, have you done it to where it's just one guy in a combine and just a tractor, nobody else out there, and done that that whole kind of scenario where it's just a one-man? Yeah, yep. Yeah, it, it's basically just a combine operator and then uh, whoever's, you know, coming with a truck and um, – it, it was really cool the first time that we were able to run it like that. And because one of the things that you don't think about normally um, is what ha what it's like to have a computer system um, working with you in the field, like at, at that level. Um, we're all used to having an operator in the grain cart. And that grain cart operator, um, as good as they may be, they always do things. They, I mean, a human can't exactly repeat something um, the same way every single time. And so no matter how good they are, how, how many times they've run that grain cart, um, they're still going to do things a little bit different. And, you know, maybe they're sleepy, maybe uh, they're distracted or whatever. So there's always that extra kind of tension um, for the combine operator that they don't know for with 100% certainty exactly how that cart's going to behave because there's a person in there. Right. And so one of the things you don't really think about is once that's actually a, a computer program, it, it, it can only do the same thing every single time. Right. Um, so it is always going to behave exactly the same way. So you get this huge uh, value out of just having that operation be extremely repeatable. Um, so it, it takes one of the kind of stressors out of running combine actually is what we found. So it, that was kind of cool. We didn't originally really expect to see that or, you know, it wasn't, you know, the primary value of the system, but it, it is definitely something really cool to, to kind of see that combine operator. You know, the first time a, an autonomous tractor drives up next to it was kind of freaky. Um, but the 20th time it does it, it's like, well, this is kind of boring. It's just going to do exactly the same thing again. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very uh, it's it's kind of a cool eye opening uh, thing to witness. Yeah, I mean I've I've watched the videos before and you know seen some leader follower technology that Deer has out there where there's a actual person in there, but the combine takes control of the of the green cart tractor and it can pull it forward and back, but there's still somebody sitting in there. <clears throat> um, right. Th this right here, I mean, it, this takes it to a whole another level where you're just. You're sitting in the cab you're, uh, of the combine, and you're watching it go up and down, and just drive around by itself. And I, when I've, I was surprised that you know I hadn't actually looked for it because I thought, hey, we're still probably five years away from something like this happen. Of course, I'd seen prototype yeah. things, but to actually go on the internet and look at this, and like I can, I could buy this right now and put it on a tractor. Is it is it is awesome. That's a really neat thing. And I'm a bit of a nerd, so this is kind of a this is kind of cool. <laughs> You know, so <clears throat> but looking at all the stuff that's neat. So what what's the next where are you at right now and what's the next level? So if I'm looking at your product right now, it's basically you just have the, the grain cart. Exactly. And you know what's really cool though is once that tractor is automated, um, you know, 
we give you the tools to use it for a grain cart today. Um, our goal within the next several years is to give you tools that will allow you to use it for tillage. Um, for other operations on your farm, that would be very helpful to have um, run autonomously. So um, that's, that's our kind of goal as we go forward. We're going to keep releasing new um, software applications for those tractors um, so people can keep doing more with it. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're also looking at, okay, okay what's the next, uh, what's the next tractor models we want to, we want to be compatible with and prioritizing that kind of, like I said, off of demand. So what we're doing for 2018 is a, a limited commercial release. And so people are able to sign up basically to pre-order it, like you said, um, but there is going to be a limited number. So the reason we're doing that is we want to ensure that everyone uh, has all the resources they need to initially uh, get that system up and running, installed, and we're also bringing on dealers at this point. So part of our process is um, working with dealers and customers um, to make sure that the dealer is comfortable with the support, with the install, um, with the sales process. And um, so really our goal is to sell, um, you know, somewhere between 30 to 50 systems through 30 or 50 dealers, unique dealers. So that way we can um, work with each of those organizations, kind of prime their pipeline for 2019, but also um, rather than bring them into a sales training class or a, a support training class, just just actually learn all that and work through all that in the field with the customer. So when you're uh, when you go back home and your mom and dad's farm, how 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 receptive are they to something like this? <laughs> Well, my my parents don't farm, but um, it's it's interesting because uh, so Mark Bargloff, he's our CTO here, and he he farms. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, initially when he he uh, joined the company, I was like, hey, Mark, uh, so are you are you ready to go put this on your farm? He's like, holy cow, hold on a second. <laughs> he's like, you can't you, you can't mess up anything on my farm, and uh, you, so it kind of took him a while to get his head around what this technology would look like. But now, um, you know, he's ready to use it for, for this upcoming year. So yeah, it's a, it, it takes people a while to understand it. And, and we realize that I think um, one of our goals over the course of uh, the summer leading up to harvest is in Ames, we're, we're planning to hold um, some pretty frequent field days um, where anyone who's interested can come out actually use the system with a combine, uh, run it around, get comfortable with it. And understand that, um, too, it's not, you're not locking yourself into this, right? You know, if for whatever reason, uh, you have an issue and you need to um, kind of bail out of autonomous mode, it's just a matter of flipping a switch and running it like you always do. Um, so it's an easy kind of entry point into, into automation, which, you know, we think is, what are the keys because there's different comfort levels for every farm around this type of technology. How have you addressed, I'm sure the first thing that comes up when you're talking to somebody about this is the safety end of the stuff, right? So how, how are we going to keep the tractor from just taking off and doing what it wants to and never stopping and, 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 you know, I'm reading here that you've got some handheld e-stops and, and various, various, you know, uh, failure uh, detecting devices and things like that on there. How how do you how do you answer that question and how do you go about like solidifying that this is a solid safe system? <clears throat> yeah, you know it, it it's 
there's a lot of things we do with the technology to make it very safe, very stable, and also really redundant. Um, one of the things that we're um, really proud about is that there's multiple layers of safety in the system. And in fact, um, we believe that it's actually safer to run um, our autonomous system than it is in a lot of cases to have someone in the cab. And the reason we say that is um, there, when you're an operator of a, of a tractor, um, there's areas that are just kind of blind spots. Um, even with today's, you know, very open cabs, um, there's areas that you just can't always see and, and you can only look at one spot at a single time. Um, our system is actually monitoring 360 degrees around that tractor with two different sensor types at all times. So there's never, it's never not looking somewhere it should be. Um, and then on top of that, it's also operating within very strict rules. Um, so if it ever goes uh, to the edge of the field, um, it won't go outside of the boundary. Um, like auto steer will actually do that today. So <laughs> if you don't wake up at the end of your row, um, when it beeps at you, It'll just keep going, you know. That's right. <laughs> um, our system won't do that. So that's uh. So basically, you have you have an onboard, you have on, you have learning, you have robotics. You write an algorithm, and it's it's updating mm -hmm. that algorithm as conditions change or distances change or or whatever that is. So you have a machine that's learning out there in the field, right? Right, and that's that's one of the really um, cool aspects, and it's not it. You know, I think this is one of the first applications for, you know, what we call machine learning. Um, but ultimately, it opens up this door to, to a lot of other areas in agriculture that we can um, improve upon um, with machine learning. And you saw Deere just recently purchase a company for that specific purpose. Um, but we use machine learning to essentially train the tractor what to look for, what to pay attention to. Um, different scenarios that you encounter, we can update that model. Um, so, it, you know, if it does ever happen, it, we can essentially, you know, your neighbor may experience one thing or in our, in our testing and our rollout, we may see one thing um, that no one else has seen yet, but we can update that model very rapidly to push an update out that will make everyone's system safer um so it's really kind of cool that's cool so so when you're how many of these systems are you like if i were to buy one sell to a customer something like that are you monitoring that system remotely someplace else or are you just waiting for like some kind of an error code or something to come through i mean how how do you know when something needs to be updated and when it doesn't is it just reports from the customer or are you actually physically monitoring the system yeah, so the, the entire system is able to be monitored remotely um, by our engineers. And um, so we can pull up and see essentially the status of a system at any given moment. So we, it's not like we sit in an office and watch everyone using the system. It's, we, have a, we have a software tool that shows us um, all the systems that are online, what their status is, if there's any issues, we can see that and it's just sort of a dashboard. Um, but also, you know, anytime a customer calls and says, hey, this did something and I don't know why, um, we can actually log specifically into that system and see 
see everything we need to to diagnose what the issue is um, outside of like, you know, you forgot to plug in a, a box or something like that. I mean, as long as that system is um, connected to power and has uh, cell phone coverage, then we're able to remotely monitor and diagnose almost anything um, from Ames here. So the, is this autonomous enough to where you can say, all right, we're done this field, drive back home, go back to the shed? I mean, is it, can you do stuff like that or is it, you have to load it up and physically drive it back? Yeah. So right now, um, we only allow it to operate within field boundaries. Um, so we do also let you, uh, create field boundaries. So someone could probably find a way around some of those things, but, uh, it will not drive on a public roadway. Um, and you know, that, that's a whole different can of worms for us to, to be able to, offer something like that because then we're talking about the national highway safety bureau and um you know public infrastructure and you know it's it's different when you're kind of on pro private property uh, there's not as many um, barriers and hurdles there um is it capable of driving itself down a road sure i mean you could i mean if it's capable of driving all around uh, a field and um next to the combine it's capable of that does that mean uh you should do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's just, this is probably the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. And I, I've, I've, uh, I've loved the technology in, of, of agriculture. <clears throat> now it's taken off. So, man, I think you guys, I commend you on, on what you guys have accomplished so far. Yeah, thanks. Well, it's always fun to um, talk to people about it and get their, you know, everyone has different reactions to it as well. Um, but uh, we're excited to get the word out about it, uh, let people know who we are. We've kind of been flying under the radar intentionally for a while, um, just because we, when we when we said, here's what we're doing, we wanted to actually be able to show people that we are doing it, not just telling you that we're going to do it. So um, we're excited now to be able to actually show, show something off, um, talk to people about it, understand um, better how it fits into different operations and solves different challenges for farms. So... I definitely thank you for helping us spread the word. Oh, no problem. You have about nine people know about it now, so you're, you're going to be you're, you're on yeah. <laughs> Well, that's nine more than uh, earlier today, right? Um, if they want to, if they want to do some research on your company, where they where would they go find it? At? <clears throat> yeah, best thing to do is go to our website. It's uh, www.smart-ag.com. And you can watch some videos of it. There's two videos on there. One's just kind of a little highlight video. Then the other one's more in depth, talks about the technology a little bit. Um, so definitely go on there, look at that, explore around. Um, if, if a farmer is interested um, in getting updates or receiving information from us, there's a way to sign up to our um, mailing list. And we send out, you know, announcements about demo events where those are going to happen, field days, stuff like that. Um, and then there's also an opportunity for um, farms to go on and sign up um, for a, to, to purchase it for 2018. Um, or just to say, hey, I'm really interested in this at some point in the future. I'd, I'd probably want to buy it. So um, definitely go to the website, check that out. Dealers that are interested as well um, can go on there. There's a there's a way to contact us through the website. And so um, we'll, we'll be able to get in touch that way right well you're on facebook and twitter I'm, i assume yep facebook is uh at uh smarter ag equipment and then um twitter is at smarter dot underscore ag i don't know. okay 
Well, Colin, I appreciate you being on the podcast. And before we close it down, do you have any final words you'd like to say to, to everybody out there? Uh, no, just thanks for listening and, uh, you know, continue to uh, feel free to reach out to us and give us your thoughts and feedback. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. I'd like to thank Colin for being a guest on this episode. Remember, if you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, or you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at MovingIronPodcast.com. Moving Iron LLC now has a website you can visit. Here you can find information on the 2018 Moving Iron Summit in Las Vegas, past and current episodes of Moving Iron Podcast, and articles from Moving Iron Blog. Throughout the year, there will be guest bloggers writing on various topics from their point of view. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review at your favorite podcasting platform, or you can shop Amazon through the Amazon click-through at movingironllc.com. It won't cost you anything, and you'll have the same experience you're accustomed to while supporting the podcast. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out.